Chips one towards the goal, but it got blocked. Stays in the zone for Theodore. He's got some room on the left side. He centers. Right side score! On kill! Tomas Nosek! 5-4 Vegas! Ten minutes to go in the Well, Capitals fans, that was tough to watch. Ten goals in all. Six against us. 4-4 us. Capitals lose 6-4 in Vegas to the Golden Knights. If I told you this game would have 10 goals, you would have said, I'm crazy. If I would have told you the Caps would have had two different leads, including one in the third frame, with 12 minutes to go, you would have said, give me those odds. Give me that scenario. I'll take it 100 times out of 100. If I would have told you, Ovi would have been similar to a ghost from start to finish, you would have said, oh, no. If I would have told you that Vegas was going to get goals from improbable places, you would have said, fine, I'll take my chances. Ultimately, Thomas Nozick puts in two. The one you heard, and then an empty netter after that. We have a guest coming on to talk about the atmosphere and the game from start to finish. But first, let's set the table. This is defeating the curse, and we could have won game one. We really could have. When you consider Backstrom has a goal and uh, had a goal and an assist. Connolly Carlson, uh, Wilson all scored. T.J. Oshie had two assists as well, and uh, and Hopi had twenty eight saves. So overall, I mean, you would take that I think as a Caps fan, probably a hundred times out of a hundred to be very honest. But ultimately, four lead changes and Vegas, you know, giving up leads of one zero three two two. I mean, Washington blowing leads of two one and four three. This game really. The only rhythm was, or the only constant was change in this one. It was uh, a nail biter from start to finish, and you know we, everything now has to shift to game two because this one is done. I think there are some things that Barry Trotz and company are going to look at and say, "Hey, we did okay." There's some things that they're going to look at and say, "We we did some things really poorly." They're going to look at the refs a little bit and say, "Hey." You know, they didn't necessarily help us. They didn't necessarily hurt us. I think it was called even. I think anybody really impartially, if you take a step back and remove the emotions, there was probably missed calls on both sides. As long as Tom Wilson doesn't get suspended for an extended amount of time for a hit that probably maybe was a little questionable, definitely poor timing at, at best. You know, I think this these teams got a really good sense of how they stack up against each other. And it wasn't that different than their previous two meetings this season. We knew Vegas was fast, but man, they look even faster tonight. We knew Vegas can score in bunches, and look, I mean, they, they netted six today. We knew they had a goalie that the Caps didn't want to face, and, and you the thought was, you know, how much of that, that Pittsburgh stink still, you know, rubs off, you know, on this team. And, and we know they don't want to see him, but Marc-Andre Fleury, I mean, the flower played uh, not his best hockey, and the Caps were able to get four past him. So I think you take this all in and you say, hey, for a team that wasn't expected to make it this far, that had to come some some pretty adverse situations in the first round, second round, and the third round, you know, the Caps dropped game one. You never want to lose the game one, but you got to feel a little bit comfortable about where they are and potentially where they're going. And again, they're sizing up a team that is expected to win. And, you know, in many regards, I think they held their own. So, Without getting too far down the rabbit hole, I want to just pause here and introduce our guest, Ashley Dial from v, uh, VGKLadies.com, at VGKLadies on Twitter. 
she was in the arena tonight. And, and you know, Ashley, you know, thanks for coming on to the podcast. Thanks for talking uh, about this game. It's a big win for the Vegas Knights, of course. You know, but we'll talk about the pageantry and some of the, the craziness and antics and, and the lead up to the game itself. But, you know, just to kind of, you know, start off here, what was your initial impression before that that puck dropped at uh, what a little after eight fifteen eight twenty Eastern, you know what what were what what is what did your gut tell you was going to happen tonight, and then ultimately did it play out? Um. Well, number one, thanks for having me on. Um, my gut feeling uh, was positive. Um, I went in feeling like it was going to be good. I was a little bit. I think all of us were a little bit nervous. Um, because. You know, even though, uh, you know, you see, I feel like um, depending on which outlet you look at, the the opinion on who is favored is different. Um, like the sports books say that BGK is favored, but I also feel like they're trying to recoup. <laughs> sure. <laughs> their, their Absolutely. Losses. Um, but then when you kind of look at media analysis and they, they go through the different players, the different lines, things like that, they, um, a lot of the times will say advantage caps. And so I, I you know, spent all day <laughs> yesterday consuming every piece of media that I could for media day. And it kind of made me a little bit nervous. Even, um, I was a little bit apprehensive. The attitude of the caps coming in seemed really solid, seemed really, um, just emotionally even keeled. And so I had a good feeling about it, but I was also, um, just a little bit nervous. Holby's coming in with a hot hand. Um, so yeah. And obviously, I mean, Ovechkin and, and the top two lines have been, you know, playing like people possessed lately. So it's, it's been great for them. And, and honestly, um, I, in hindsight, I was kind of hoping that Tampa would be the people to crush the OV <laughs> dream <laughs> and not have it be us because we're already kind of, you know, like the Golden Knights are already kind of, you know, the like, ah, yeah, they don't well, deserve we... anything, you know, and, and I didn't want it to have to be us to be like the total villains, but I feel like maybe let's just go full heel you know, wrestling style and just own it. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I mean, that that's one way to look at it. Uh, Ovechkin is, is that's a name we didn't hear a lot of tonight. And and honestly, I think at Caps fans, as we kind of digest this one and, and look towards game two, he was absent. Uh, yes, he got, he got the puck on net a couple of times. Yes, there were some deflections and he was involved, but it wasn't what he did in game six and seven in particular against Tampa. We didn't see him light anybody up. We didn't see him, you know, take anybody down to the ice we didn't see him really even go after people or try to hit them so it was a different Ovechkin I'm not going to say he was tired I, I don't buy into that these guys are professionals and they get up when they need to get up but we didn't hear his name called a lot and and similarly and you know the the uh the negative here is we also didn't hear a whole lot of Marsha so called either uh I mm-hmm. mean he was again around and and kind of doing what he does and he is he is fast I mean we we only saw them well, we only saw you and and the Vegas Knights twice this season, and I I just don't recall the speed of that of the front line. I just I just don't remember it, and that was the first thing that I really noticed very early on. Vegas just swarms. I mean, we we talked about this at length in over the past couple of weeks. Tampa, you know, similar style and, and, and certainly different personnel, but Tampa swarms. 
Vegas swarms, but mm-hmm. in a completely different way. You feel like, I mean, and, and there was a lot of memes going around. And if you, I don't, you were in the arena, so you weren't following social media, but there was several times where Vegas had six or even seven uh, men on the on the ice. So, like, too many men on the ice is something that you see, you know, you see it every once in a while, but it happened a lot tonight. And it just, I mean, there's they're just everywhere. They're just everywhere. But specifically, you know, that was a name. Like I said, you know, Wild Bill was someone who we kind of highlighted yesterday on the podcast or two days ago when we were talking and kind of setting up game one. And sure enough, he comes mm-hmm. through and he had, I think he, I thought he played great. Um, but, you know, March or so just really wasn't, uh, he didn't really impact the game. Am I wrong on that? Did you see something different that I didn't see? No, you're exactly right. Um, and and the thing about the thing about that is that uh, I don't know if you've ever talked to Ken from Sinbin or not, but uh, in their podcast leading up to this, he kind of made a really great point of the fact that you know his his theory is that the top two lines are probably going to neutralize each other throughout this series and then it's really going to come down to the third and fourth lines and how they play um and it really panned out that way with this game uh, if you look at the goals scored by the golden knights um you know what two of them let's see uh, yeah came from the fourth line that's right right and and so it's it's very interesting to see how that played out um and i do feel <laughs> i feel like uh we as golden knights fans have become accustomed to that level of speed, but I, I also uh, noticed that they kind of kicked it into another gear um, this game. And, and as far as Obi goes, he did get that one assist on, on the Mark Andre Fleury chicken goal by Tom Wilson. (laughs) Um, But other than that, yeah, he, they, they totally did neutralize each other. And I also, I think that maybe the difference between what the Knights are doing and what Tampa did is, uh, you know, you see a lot of teams try and take away, um, Obi's opportunity there on on that left side that he likes, um, and they try and keep him away from there. Versus, we always try and uh, push push things out against the boards, and so, and so we're driving people over there, uh, which is the opposite of what other teams try and do. And so I don't, um, you know, they're they're used to. I feel like opponent or the Caps maybe are used to uh, opponents trying to herd them herd them down the center. You know, the other thing I noticed with Vegas, and it was it was something that I, you know, again, following social media and just reading up and preparing for this series, Vegas scores a lot of goals, it seems, as the the goal that was just scored is being announced. I don't know if the, what the official name of that is, you know, response The official name of that or, from me is called the Spirit Crusher Goal. Yeah, the Soul Crushers. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll roll with that because, I mean, just to, to take a lead and then to basically squander it, 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 to me, that was a moment, you know, the Caps are nursing a 2-1 lead and 42 seconds after you get that lead, uh, you know, it's gone. And, and it's one of those things where you, you can't, I mean, in in Cap One, we were still celebrating. Everybody's jumping up and down. Everybody's enjoying themselves, and and you know we have a lead in Game One of the Stanley Cup Final, and it's gone, right? And but this is something that Vegas has done consistently throughout the season, and they did it against. Uh, I mean, we saw it in against uh, the Jets as well in the previous series. So, uh, mm-hmm. is there is there something like what's the magic sauce here? How do they do that consistently? Honestly, I think that the the secret sauce for them is. Um, managing their emotions and disciplining their disappointments. Right. Um, when they get scored on, it's not, they don't have an emotional reaction except for to kick it into gear and to get the job done. Um, and it was interesting too, because I noticed, 
um, just even in the vibe of the arena, there wasn't necessarily any um, letdown. There wasn't a drop in energy, even when the Caps would score. It was almost more of uh, an increase. There was an increase in energy output from the crowd. Um, well, that's terrifying. So, <laughs> Yeah, I feel like the people of Las Vegas are giving of their energy, like almost willing it to to the players at home. And maybe that's been, I mean, the, the team and Turk has said as much that it's been something that's helpful, but there's a different kind of connection here. It's, yeah, there, there's a different a different level of connection on an emotional level. Um, but it's, it's weird. It's weird and cool. But yeah, like when, you know, because it wasn't just tying goals, right? When they had the actual uh, two to one, um, I mean, it wasn't long, but it was like the, the energy intensified in there. And I think that that's also something that is helpful to them. I mean, they still do it on the road, but it, I think that's something that's helpful as well. Is that the energy doesn't get sucked out like it does. In Winnipeg, it, you can tell even on TV that the energy just it was sucks gone. right out of the arena. Absolutely. And, yeah. and to be honest with you, if, if a similar scenario were to happen in D.C., it would happen here. So D.C., I mean, this podcast is called Defeating the Curse. This is something that goes back. Uh, a full generation at this point to when I, when right. myself and LP, FP, and Stevie, we were just kids watching the Redskins win, and it's basically been uh, nothing since then. So, you know, on the one hand, it's it's quite annoying, actually, to see a team like Vegas come, you know, it's been around for five minutes and is challenging for a championship in its inaugural season. It's a fantastic mm-hmm. story on the other, but as, you know, as a Washington, D.C. sports fan, you know, when you're nursing a 2-1 lead and give it up in 40 seconds, and then again to have a 4-3 lead, if I'm not mistaken, in the third, I mean, when you score, you take a lead, you know, halfway through the third frame, you know, you would think that there would be a little bit of, now, I don't want to say, like, relief from the the nerves of the game, but it's the opposite. It's We've watched this team, and we've watched too many sports teams in our town across the four major sports get into this position and essentially tease us and then not be able to close it. So I'll be honest, as somebody watching, the 2-1 lead, I was more, I was happy and really excited about that. The 4-3 lead, I just felt like there was no way we were going to hold it. And and at that point, I actually turned to the folks I was watching with. I said, I don't, I don't think we can get a fifth. I mean, it's, it's, it's taken some work here just to get to four, and we should be encouraged that we got four, but I don't think we got a fifth one in us the way that we're playing, and we didn't. Now, they had a perfect chance, a, a golden opportunity, and you know potentially you know a missed call, you know, hashtag conspiracy theory, but it's only game one, so let's not start that. <laughs> uh, you know, the Caps had, a, 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 they had an opportunity to, to put a fifth one in and tie it uh, very late in the third. It didn't, it didn't ultimately pan out, and I'm not one to say the refs, did X or did Y. I just I just don't buy into that narrative across any sport. I think they're professionals too and they don't want to be they don't want to be the, known for, you know, missing a a big call or making a a, a poor one for that matter. So, um, right. you know, it is I, I don't even want to say it is what it is. It's just it was just Vegas just had more in the tank and they ultimately pulled away. I'm confident though that Trotz can make some adjustments, and I'm confident that Ovechkin, now that he's worked out some of these nerves, they've gotten a, a sense of what they're dealing with. I think overall they handled the you know 
the uh, what the atmosphere and everything that's not the game. I think they actually handled it pretty well between their interviews at media day, their interviews pregame, and even now as the postgame stuff is coming in as well. You know, I don't think the crowd got to them. I think they really just kind of got to themselves a little bit. So as a Caps fan, I'm encouraged, and I think they this is going to be a long series. I think it's going to be a lot of fun for the fan bases of both teams or even for the casual hockey fan that doesn't have a horse in this race. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, but actually talk a little bit about, you know, the pregame festivities. You know, this is what Vegas has been a city for 110 plus 13 years. years. Okay, 113 so years. 113 and years. I, and and you I'd know. like to I'd like to start by uh extending almost an olive branch or or uh, a little bit of uh something that that Caps fans and VGK fans can commiserate on, um, which is, you know, we're both cities that have a lot of people come visit, right? A lot of people visit the nation's capital. A lot of people come and visit Las Vegas, right? And if you're not a local, a lot of people probably think about Washington, D.C., they think about the mall, they think about the White House, and they don't know what it's like to be a local, right? They have no clue what it's like to, to live there they have no clue what it's like to be a resident and actually to be from there and we're not the biggest fan of tourists in this town but i'm following keep going keep going i'm with you right and so it's the same narrative here right uh people look at las vegas they think it's just the strip they don't know that nearly two and a half million people live here and they're judging it on three miles of road, right? And so that's something that we all have in common, right? We have the fact that it's our first Stanley Cup Finals in common. And and it, as much as it's, you know, it is really chafing that this is this team's first season, which I get is frustrating. Like, I'm not going to take that away from anybody. But uh, we as Las Vegans... Um, like I, I grew up in Chicago. I moved here eight, 18 years ago. I grew up as a fan of the Blackhawks. Right. And when you move here and there's nothing, there's, you know, you have an AHL team or you had an ECHL team, and, uh, but there's no major league sports to cheer for. So you watch the Blackhawks and, you know, you watch it on TV and it's like, woohoo, but you never get to go to a game. You never get to experience the wins and losses like you do when you have a real team. Right. And we constantly have had teams dangled in front of us. Oh, the Sacramento Kings might move here. You guys might get an NBA team. And then at the last minute, it gets yanked away. Oh, you might get a major league soccer team. Oh, and at the last second, it gets yanked away. And so for the past, I don't know, 30 years, that's been happening here. And so it's a different kind of suffering (laughs) that happens here in Las Vegas. Um, But but it does happen. And so I think that's why we're just so incredibly excited um, to even have this opportunity. And, and well, let me we're just ha- really, really so thrilled. I got to ask then. So as Redskins fans, Wizards fans, Caps fans, you know, the Capitals have done a really good job of really protecting home ice. And you don't see opposing team jerseys uh, or sorry, sweaters come into the into Cap 1 as often as you did maybe five, six, seven years ago before the OV era for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. as wizard, you know, when we go to wizards games, it's, it's, uh, you know, 60, 40, uh, that's probably too aggressive, maybe a 70, 30, but there are teams, obviously you're going to see a lot of LeBron jerseys. You're going to see a lot of Kyrie jerseys. You're going to see a whole lot of just stars, uh, from other teams, jerseys. So Redskins is a, I mean, FedEx field is a wasteland that, that none of us ever want to go to. And it's a, it's a, <laughs> it's just a horrendous building. Um, but, you know, 
that one is a toss-up. I mean, it could be 50-50 Eagles Redskins fans or Giants or or Cowboys fans that have never been to Dallas. You know, the Capitals have done a good job of kind of changing that narrative. And Caps fans have really stepped up, stopped selling tickets uh, to non-fans or to fans of the opposing teams and really protected uh, Cap One Arena and, and tried to bring something that resembles formerly Verizon Center, something that resembles, you know, an advantage when teams have to come into D.C. and play. You know, you're a season ticket holder. You've been to whole. I mean, I'm gonna assume more home games than not for uh, the Vegas Knights this season. How many? I mean, are you seeing the same type of thing? Because you're right. Vegas is a transient town. It's very similar to DC. A lot of people come through for business or pleasure or whatever it is. Oh, let's go check out, you know, X activity. Um, it doesn't seem that way. It seems like Vegas has done a really good job of finding, you know, you know, hashtag Vegas born fans and filling T-Mobile with fans of the team. Is that correct? Um, it is correct. And it's it's something that, um, I mean, they had sold out of season tickets two years before we even actually have a team. Um, we're sold out, of, sold out of season tickets for next year. Like, there's a can't wait list of thousands of people who have paid money, like hundreds of dollars, to be on a wait list for if people decide to give up their season tickets. They put deposits down. Um, and so kind of like I said before, everybody has been um, just waiting and kind of yearning for something um, to have here and something to root for here and almost an identity beyond the strip for us um, because you know, before it was okay, we're a tourist town. Um, and now we, you know, we get to have this, yeah, no, we're a hockey town. We have an amazing hockey team and we, and it's really kind of helped us. Um, the thing about Las Vegas is it is very transient. There are a lot of people that move here, move away. Um, you before, especially before October, um, it was very much like you come home, pull into your garage, close your garage, and you go about your life. You don't uh, necessarily do a lot of talking to your neighbors or anything like that. Um, it was just kind of that way. You didn't know who they were or where they were coming from or what was going on. You just kind of kept to yourself. After October, everybody um, ended up talking to each other a lot more. We got to really um, – we ended up bonding a lot as a community. And, and one of the things that we kind of um, – that that was that provided an opportunity to bond in a positive way was this hockey team. Um, and so now when you walk around on the street and you see other people in Knights gear, you strike up conversations and you're making friends and, and ha you know, building relationships that you never did before. Um, and so it's something that has um, kind of changed you know, the actual fabric of our community, which is really cool. All of that being said, when you do come into T-Mobile Arena, um, there is, I mean, even tonight, if you looked on TV, there are a lot of red in there. And the funny thing is, is we actually really enjoy um, having opposing fans in the fortress. Um, <laughs> yeah, when you win all of your games in the building. Sure. Yeah, well, the heckling is fun. I, uh, sure. Well, no, the funny thing is, is that, okay, so we had um, a bunch of um, cap stands right in front of us and we ended up talking to to the guy right in front of us. And he said they were all um, capital staff. I guess they had bought or they, uh, the Knights gave them like 150 seats throughout the arena. And then, you know, the next game, different staff members are going to come. Um, but he was telling us, he said, you know, this is probably one of the friendliest arenas I've ever been to. He said, everybody's so friendly. They're all talking to us. They're all welcoming us. 
you know, there's, there's, you know, fun little chirps, he said, but nobody's been hostile to us, which is surprising because, you know, other arenas you go to, everybody's really, you know, they don't like other people in their arena. And I said, you know, we welcome that here. We, we enjoy, you know, having fun banter back and forth, but we mostly have fun, you know, making, making friends with the people that come here to see a game and, and we have fun chanting back and forth with each other. You know what I mean? It's kind of fun for us. The, the opposing fans start a chant for their team and we, you know, like start to chant over them. Ah, not Marborn! You know what I mean? Like, I think it makes it more fun um, to have opposing fans in the building and, it, and, and it's a good time. So I don't know. Well, I gotta be honest. Th- those days at, at cap one FedEx or, uh, or Nats park, those days are gone in, in DC people. <laughs> You know, we're not quite Philly. Uh, you know, we're not quite New York. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we we don't take well to people coming in uh, with. You know, it, it's it's nice to hear that. It, honestly, it's hard to cheer against uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. It's hard to cheer against the story. It's hard to cheer against the city that is you know really rallied around the team and a team that's responded by rallying around and and really embedding themselves within a the community. It, it's it's hard to to not feel good about the story. Like the story is incredible. And, you know, I would consider both of us to be amateur journalists, right? Podcasting is a form of journalism. So, you know, it's a good story. It really is. I mean, it's, it it touches on so many different things. It's hard to cheer against the story, except that I want the capitals to be, you know, the, the, you know, the victors at the end of this one. And after game one, you know, I'm not going to change my pick. I I think the capitals (laughs) can still do it. I think the capitals, it'll, I think it's going to take six or seven, I think it's going to take, uh, you know, a, a big time performance from Ovi uh, down the stretch. Uh, but let's get out on this and give me your your thoughts on the series and how you how you. Uh, let's not even talk the whole series because we'll have you back and kind of as the series progresses. But game two, what's your key to game two? Uh, if Vegas wins, they will do X. If they lose, it's because of Y. Just go ahead and fill in those blanks for uh, for everyone listening. Uh, if Vegas wins, it will be because they have tightened up. Um, I feel like there was a lot of just kind of eh, like sloppiness for lack of a better term. I feel like there was a lot of um, passes that were a little bit too hard that resulted in turnovers. I feel like there was a lot of um, sometimes I feel like the adrenaline may have um, the adrenaline early on in the game may have petered out a little bit. And it seemed like uh, there, were, there were a little bit gas toward the end and kind of not hustling as much for pucks anymore. Um, and so I feel like in game two, now that they've kind of gotten that, that one under their belt, um, just kind of being a little bit more, bit more even killed, maintaining that hustle throughout being a little bit less sloppy with the passes. Um, I feel like as long as they stick to exactly the way that they play and play their best game and their brand of hockey, they'll do fine. Um, the, the, the way that they lose the second game is knowing that um knowing that the caps are going to come out with a vengeance um if the, if the caps come out with a vengeance and get them back in in their defensive zone um that's where they always get in trouble if they if they don't clear the zone quickly and they don't just as you said swarm the puck and and keep it in the offensive zone that's where they're going to get in trouble and they're going to get scored on and if they get scored on early um especially if, if a two goal lead happens, that's, that's where they're really in trouble. So well, for the record, that's what we're hoping happens. And, and we know, <laughs> we know the capitals are, are capable. We, we certainly know that. And I think we're again, like it. we're not, we're not fans here at DTC of uh, the moral victories or any of that nonsense. However, 
when you come out and you hold your own, you, you net four against a guy that you, you'd never want to see ever as a, as a Capitals fan. Anything Pittsburgh, we don't want to talk about it, mention it, discuss it, look at it, <laughs> et cetera. So they got to, I mean, they have to come away saying, hey, like, all right, there are some holes here. There are some things we can exploit. Uh, but frankly, the studs on both sides here didn't have their best games. So I think, I, right. I really do believe we're in for a treat as far as the Stanley Cup final go. I, I really think this is going to be one of these series that potentially can win over uh, average hockey fans or non-hockey fans, and, and maybe everybody steps up a level. You go from not caring to slightly caring or from slightly caring to kind of caring uh, or from you know mildly interested to really interested. This is the type of, of series, these are the types of, these two towns in particular, uh, I, I think people can get behind either story. So I, I don't think there's a mm-hmm. true villain. I don't think there's a heel and a face in this example. Um, I, I just think that this is, you know, if you're the NH- NHL as a league, as a commissioner, you're basically in an, the opposite position of the NFL. You're you're in the limelight here for all the right reasons. So uh, mm-hmm. this is, I think, something that's going to play out really nicely for both cities. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but we'll see how it progresses. I think, you know, the Capitals need to get one. They got to get one. They got to come home. Uh, just given our, our home record not being very good, it's actually been atrocious. Uh, this is, you know, it's an advantage actually that we would potentially be playing, uh, you know, games five and seven or for certain game five and seven, uh, hopefully games five and seven, um, you know, out in Vegas. So those are things that we don't look at as negative, but getting a split and coming home and hoping for another split, you know, shorten this series to three games. I think that's kind of the plan. And uh, and we'll see if they do it. Wednesday will be, I'm sure, another crazy atmosphere uh, inside, outside, and all around T-Mobile Arena. It was crazy on TV. It was crazy on every screen we looked at. I mean, concerts and people just everywhere. It looked like a, I mean, I, I don't even know what to compare it to. You know, it We're was just, just extra in every way. It yeah, that's, uh, that's a good way to say it. I don't know what Leonsis and the Capitals have planned for games three and four at home as far as like an opening video or montage, but... Uh, you know, we 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 asked some folks on Twitter, like, what what do they think needs to happen? And we need fireworks, and we need bald eagles <laughs> landing. We got to, I mean, we got to do something crazy. It's gonna have to be over the top. Uh, I mean, this is DC, home, you know, most powerful city in the world, the capital of the universe. So, you know, we're gonna have to do something crazy. It's not, it's not. I mean, I don't think we can ever one up Vegas as far as uh, you know, opening. Uh, opening sequences go or whatever it is, but I think we you, gotta, don't, you don't have Vegas, Vegas, but yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. But you, uh, you know, they got to do something special. Well, and it, you know, what's funny is, uh, Trotsky was said he was like, you know what? They're doing it Vegas style and that's awesome. And I can't wait to see. Yeah. I can't wait to see what they do. Exactly. DC style. And the thing is, is that I was super concerned because I was like, Oh man, how are they going to pull this off without looking like unpatriotic? You know what I mean? Cause, uh, you know, a lot of people might not know this, but as a town, Vegas is just, we're super patriotic. We're super, um, I don't know. Like it's, we have, I mean, they probably don't show on TV. We have a, like a hero of the game, like where we honor a military, um, like we honor a veteran every single game. And we, you know, we, we have all this stuff. Right. And so we were like, Oh, how exactly are you going to have a golden knight battle anything that represents the capital at the beginning and do that tastefully? And I'm going to say honestly that the home, the, the opening, the opening ditty was not like my favorite one. Um, but it, they, they pulled it off. Um, Oh yeah. It was know. spectacular. They pulled it off. <laughs> like yes. they pulled it off without, 
without besmirching anything having to do with our nation. So that was awesome. And, you know, I, I'm interested to see how it looked on TV versus on um, in the arena, too. And, yeah, the whole thing was... It looked awesome, bad. but I'll tell you, they, they cut it off at Cap 1. They, they actually didn't show it in the... Uh, in the Capital One Arena, they showed uh, a, a different. They showed a, a video montage or intro uh, for the Capital. So everyone in the arena didn't see it. Uh, most Got of us it. saw it on Twitter, and it was liked. And you know, we watched it either at, at some random break. Everyone saw it eventually, and everybody's reaction for the most part was the same. It was, ooh, that was that was something. So uh, you know, <laughs> it, you know, not good, not bad. Just uh, I mean, well, certainly not bad. It was it was awesome, but. Um, Oh, I'm like, Twitter absolutely destroys, like, destroys us. Like, you look at, like, if the state, when the NHL or, you know, NBC posts the video, everybody is just filleting <laughs> Vegas. They're like, oh, my gosh, this is terrible, like, too two-bit medieval times so you're like you just call scoreboard because you, you got one win in the uh in the stanley cup final the caps have zero and five tries so far to date in their entire existence so yeah whatever you're doing is working you don't change what's working when it's working so um ashley thank you so much for making time to everybody for everyone that's listening um why don't you just plug your website plug your twitter where can folks find you what's your website all about um, you, you, you read it out that way. I know for, oh. 100, for sure it gets, uh, it gets done properly. Sweet. Yeah. So it's just, uh, VGKLadies.com or at VGKLadies on any social media. And basically we're just a group that enjoys that's a, a women's group for female hockey fans. So basically on our website, we post not only hockey news, but like game day makeup tutorials and manicure ideas and, you know, like all the girly stuff that you can also enjoy with your hockey news. So we kind of wanted to create a community for girls that love hockey. So that's kind of what we've done and we have a, we have a blast with it. So yeah. Thank you very much, Ashley. Really appreciate your time. We went a little long, but that's okay. Good conversations always good. Um, so thank you, thank you for making time for us. I think we will. Uh, let's try to get together uh, and do another show on our platform or yours. Probably, let's say game four ish, as as this takes a little bit more, uh, as the series takes a little bit more shape. But certainly, when we get to an elimination game, um, you know, let let's make sure we get on the books and let's chat again. I'd love to get your take. Um, hopefully the Caps are in a position to steal this, but uh, I w we won't be holding our breath. Uh, but but thanks again for making time. So everyone that's listening at VGK Ladies, give her a follow. Give those folks a follow. They're, they do good work over there. Hey, and ultimately, they're fans of hockey. We're fans of hockey. We're fans of sports. This is going to be a great series for everybody. So Ashley, thank you so much. Uh, My for, pleasure. For everyone that's hanging around for a little bit longer, stay tuned after the break. Going to break down Game 7 between... The Rockets and the Warriors, don't look now, but we're about to have the exact same teams play for the fourth consecutive year and the same guy for the eighth season in a row. Hockey's almost the exact opposite. Two teams that weren't expected to be there. What a fantastic game. Ten goals in all. Just an absolute great start to the series. And uh, let's we'll leave it right there. So for Ashley, my name is Joe. Stay tuned for part two coming up in just a bit. After the break. Thank you so much for listening. This has been DTC. Back shortly. Welcome back in. Short break. And we regrouped and discussed what we wanted to actually say regarding the NBA playoffs. And what we concluded was we would do a separate show 
on LeBron James specifically and the crazy run that he's had going to eight straight NBA finals. Nobody really wants to talk about the NBA given what just happened with the Capitals. So stay tuned tomorrow. Tomorrow. You, we will have a podcast up specifically surrounding LeBron James. We promise not to do the MJ versus LeBron talk. But really, think about what you were doing eight years ago. How old were you? What grade were you in? What was your favorite food? Who were you dating? What car were you driving? Because that was the last time the NBA Finals didn't have LeBron James playing for some Eastern Conference team, whether it be the Cavs or the Heat. And that's just kind of insane. So we will talk about him at length tomorrow. Tomorrow. But for tonight, the only NBA talk you're going to get out of us, dejected Capitals fans, is James Harden disappeared. We have successfully transferred the curse to Houston. And that's it. The fourth straight year with the same two teams. Not really fun for anyone. Certainly not for us because we had money on the Rockets and the Cavs. And with a parlay bet on top of it with the Capitals tonight. But tomorrow, all things NBA. Until then, have a great night. Happy Memorial Day. This has been DTC. We are out.